All right, y'all go ahead. You guys, open your Bibles up to Romans chapter 5. Yes, we have made it to 5. And we are going to, we have been talking about justification by faith in Christ and that alone. We've been talking about that for quite some time. Paul's going to start chapter 5 with a therefore. Um, as all of you Bible scholars in this room know, when you see a therefore, you ask yourself, what's it there for? We've been studying what it's there for. He's going to tell us uh, tonight about the results of justification by faith. And so uh, we err many times in Christianity when we feel that justification is a thing just so that we can have the hope of eternal life in heaven. Though we can assuredly rest in that and, and enjoy the fact that, yes, eternal life in heaven uh, awaits all of us who have been justified because of faith in Jesus Christ. We have been declared righteous based on what He did for us at the cross 2,000 years ago. However, the doctrine of justification by faith alone in Christ alone produces many results, many results that we experience in this lifetime. And yes, there will be things that we experience for all eternity. And what the Apostle Paul is going to begin to do tonight as he starts chapter 5, he's going to begin to talk about those things, those therefores, those results that we're going to see because we have been justified by faith in Christ alone. So when we look at the results tonight of justification, or we look at one of the results of justification tonight, those of us who have been justified not by our works. Remember, he's been building this whole case. Not by our works, not by the law, but by faith alone in Christ alone. Those of us who have been justified, we're going to see we can now begin to experience things that Christ has in fact died and was crucified and he rose again so that we could see the results of this justification. The first one that we're going to see tonight is there in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. And what we're going to do is we're going to actually start at Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Then we're going to spring over to uh, Colossians chapter 1 and look at two verses there. And we're going to, because Paul did such a wonderful job there in Colossians of outlining this uh, fact for us, we're going to look at it there. But we see Romans chapter 5, uh, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, right? This is for all the people who have actually truly been justified through faith. Uh, those of you who've been here on Sunday mornings recently, we've been talking about um, the 23rd Psalm. And he starts out, the Lord is my shepherd. And then he gives the benefits of the Lord being your shepherd. Let me just say this. Just like I would say when I was teaching Psalm 23, if the Lord's not your shepherd, you can't claim the benefits. So if you're not justified by grace through faith in Christ alone, you can't claim to have the results that justification brings. So he says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what I want to look at tonight. The first result is peace with God. Now, take a deep breath and say, thank you, Lord, that I have peace with you. Because what we're going to see when we move over to Colossians, and you can go ahead and do that if you would, and go over to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to see what it looked like in our previous state before we were declared righteous because of what Jesus Christ did for us at the cross. 
we're going to see that we were in pretty bad shape. And for us to, and I want you to understand that, so that we can rejoice in the fact that now, because of Christ, we have peace with God. So Colossians chapter 1, as we look at peace with God, Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22, and that's what we're going to look at. He says this, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in His sight without blemish and free from accusation. So I want us to look at tonight that justification results in peace with God, number one, and you should be thankful for this, for those who were formerly alienated. Uh, that word alienated that we see there in Colossians, for God was, uh, or excuse me, 21, once you were alienated from God, that word alienated means this. It means to be cut off from or to be separated. Now, many people think that they can make a decision. We've talked about this extensively in this study already that they can make a decision of their own free will and their own power to somehow be reconciled to God. And I say this, that's absolutely positively impossible without the work of God's grace through the Holy Spirit. We are alienated, cut off, separated completely in our sinful state from a holy God. So we're alienated, and we're alienated first and foremost from God. Uh, many people in the, the culture that we live in... You know, sinners who are unredeemed will still speak as if they are children of God. I want you to understand this. Unless you are justified by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, you do not have peace with God. Therefore, you are still alienated from God. Ephesians chapter 2, we looked at this extensively early on in this study, but let's remind ourselves of some things. Verse 12 says this, in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, Remember that at that time, when we were unbelievers, at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise. It goes on to say this, Without hope and without God in the world. Now, I'm glad it doesn't stop there. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. So we see this, that it is the blood of Christ that allows us to be brought near into fellowship with a God who we once were alienated from. That's exciting news. I don't know about you, that thrills me. Because I could have never closed that gap of separation. I could have never done anything that would... Uh, allow me to be anything other than cut off from the holiness of God. However, we can now have peace with God, according to what we read in Romans chapter one, um, chapter 5, verse 1, and what we just read here in Colossians, those of us who were once alienated, and I love that he speaks in those former terms. Aren't you glad that that's what you used to be, alienated from God? But now you are not alienated from God. In fact, Ephesians just told us that we have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Now, if the blood of Christ brings us near to a holy God, I'm going to ask this question, and I want feedback. Can we ever be separated 
from a holy God ever again. No, because it is the blood of Christ that brings you near. It is the blood of Christ that keeps you near. Were it not for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, you would still be alienated from a holy God. Jesus and His blood sacrifice, hopefully in your heart and your mind, just became even a bigger deal than you thought it was even before you walked into this room with all of your Christian knowledge and all of your Christian education. We need to remember that, that we have peace with God, and we have peace with God in spite of the fact that in and of ourselves, prior to Christ, we were totally alienated, separated, cut off from God, without hope, without God, in this world. But thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. We can now say, I have peace with God, even though I was once alienated from God. But did you know this? You were alienated because of God. You were alienated because of God. Now, we don't say these things to make God look bad. We say these things so that we can highlight God's holiness. You remember when we were in Romans chapter 1, verse 24, in Romans chapter 1, told us what? Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. And then we see this again in verse 26 of chapter 1. God gave them over. And you remember me telling you, we're going to see this three times in that one night in chapter 1. God gave them over. Verse 28 of chapter 1. God gave them over. God gave them over. God gave them over. Why did God give them over? Because God cannot tolerate wickedness. He cannot tolerate sin. He cannot tolerate evil. In fact, He hates it. Now, we don't like to talk about these things, but we have to talk about these things to be theologically correct in studying the Word of God. Psalm 11, verse 5 says this, The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked and those who love violence His soul hates. Now, I want you to understand this. Though that God had a general love for us when we were separated, He hated us because of our iniquity. It is our iniquity and His hatred for iniquity that He sent His only begotten Son to this earth to rescue us from the hatred. And when I talk about hatred in, in, in regard to God, understand, it's not like our hatred. Our hatred is flawed. Our hatred is because we desire vengeance. Our hatred is because we just don't like someone. Our hatred is because of our flesh. God's hatred is holy. And He is the only one who is holy. Therefore, in His holy hatred, we were doubly alienated from Him. We were alienated from God by our own decision to rebel against God and to do what pleased us, but also we were alienated from God because of God, because His holiness would not let us be anything other than alienated. Now, here's the cool thing. In Colossians, Paul is talking about, again, past tense, the former things. We once were alienated from God, but now we have been brought near through the blood of Jesus Christ. We have grounds to re rejoice because we have peace with God through justification. Now, had God not justified the wicked, remember learning about that when we were earlier on in Romans, that God is the God who justifies the wicked. Had God not chosen to justify the wicked, any of you here in and of yourself above wicked? Had God not justified the wicked, we would all still be alienated from God and we would not have peace with God. So justification results in peace with God for those who were formerly 
alienated, cut off from God, alienated from God, alienated because of God, alienated because of our iniquity. And we've been made near through Christ's sacrifice. No longer are we alienated from our Creator. Please don't let the benefits and the the results of justification just be, well, I get to go to heaven. No, you have peace with God. You who were once alienated because of iniquity, you have been brought near and have peace with a holy God who you could not ever have had peace with in and of your sinful, wicked self. In fact, you were given over to your sin until God rescued you by His grace, justifying you and declaring you righteous because of what Jesus Christ did for you at the cross. So we see justification results in peace with God for those who were formerly alienated. Anybody here, again, thankful that you were formerly alienated from God? Uh, and now we're not. Now we have peace with God because of Christ. We see secondly, here in Colossians, the second part of 21, as we read that again together, once you were alienated from God, watch this, it gets even, in, in my opinion, even nastier. Watch. You were once alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. You want to see people look at you sideways, tell a, sideways, tell a lost person the truth. You're an enemy of God. You're not a friend of God. You're not a child of God. If you've not been washed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ and justified in the eyes of God through what Jesus Christ did, you are an enemy of God. And so we see this justification results in peace with God for those who were once alienated, but also those who were formerly enemies. Now, we don't like to think of ourselves like this, but in order to have good theology, we must think of our, ourselves like this, that we were once enemies of God. That is exactly what Scripture confirms over and over that we once were. Again, I am thankful that it is referred to and referenced here in the former, what I used to be. I used to be an enemy of God. If you don't believe that Scripture is clear on that, John chapter 3 in John's Gospel, he says this in, in verse 19. He says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. I, I can put my name in there. Because Kurt's deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. He's saying this, those who refuse to repent and turn to Jesus Christ, the truth, the light, those who refuse to do that hate the light. Now, if we hate the light, we are willful enemies of the revelation of truth that God is giving us. John chapter 15 in his same gospel, he says this in verse 18. Jesus speaking here says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. Interesting that he would use that terminology, isn't it? That is why the world hates you. Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now, however, they have no excuse for their sin. 
We're talking about the specific sin of rejecting him as the Messiah. He goes on and he says this, verse 23, He who hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them what no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen these miracles, and yet they have hatred both for me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. So understand, people who are unbelievers who reject Jesus Christ reveal their hatred not only for Him, the fact that they are enemies of Christ, but they also reveal the fact that they are an enemy to their Creator. They are an enemy because they have chosen in their minds their way of sin and their way of wickedness. And so when we look at this, those who were formerly enemies of God can now have peace with God we have to put ourselves all in that same realm. We were once enemies of God. Enemies, why? Because of our sin. Romans chapter 8 tells us this. It says this in verse 7. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Watch this. Please pay attention to this. Nor can it do so. Before you were justified by faith in Jesus Christ, you could not submit to God and His law. Those controlled, it says in verse 8, by the sinful nature cannot please God. You cannot please God because you are an enemy of God in everything that He stands for. You are in opposition by your very nature to His holiness and to His holy standard. But, Again, we say all of these things to say, but because we have been justified in Christ through faith, we who were once enemies, we who were once alienated from God, we who were once kicking against Him and in opposition to Him. Remember when Saul was converted and became Paul? What did Christ tell him? Why are you kicking against me? Uh, some of your translation says kicking the pricks. Some say kicking the goats. He's saying, why are you refusing the obvious? Paul had no idea because in his sincerity, he was an enemy of God all the while being deceived into thinking that he was a child of God only to have revealed to him that he was not a child of God at all, but he was still a child of his sinful nature and a child of Satan. He was an enemy to a holy God. We all were there at one time. That is why peace with God, when we see that justification, the first result that Paul gives us there in Romans, that peace with God has been given to us, it ought to cause us to shout because we were at enmity with God. There, there was friction between us, and that friction was our own wickedness in opposition to His complete holiness. And so we see that the peace with God that we now experience because we have been justified is for those who were formerly enemies of God. I want you to understand that because when we remember that we were once enemies of God, we look at the world from a whole different perspective, don't we? We don't look at the world from a self-righteous, judgmental, pharisaical perspective. We look at the world from this perspective. I once was at enmity with the holy God. I was His enemy. And I was in direct opposition to who He was and to everything that He stands for and every attribute that He possesses. However, because of that same God and His grace, 
He has now offered me peace through the shed blood of His only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary. So remember, when we realize that as Christian men, when we realize that were it not for the grace of God and justification by faith because of that grace, when we realize that, we view the whole world from a different perspective. Now we have compassion on the enemies of God, right? Even the politicians we don't write, like, right guys? Huh? Even when it doesn't go our way, we, we, we ask those questions. How could they think this? They think this because the same way that you used to think in wicked ways and speak in wicked terms. You're an enemy of God and you're wrapped up in your sins. So are they. And they need redemption because without redemption, they will not have peace with their Creator. So those of us who are here who have been justified by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone, we can rejoice tonight because those of us who once were formerly enemies of a holy God now have peace with that same God because of what He did for us by sending His only begotten Son to a cross to die on our behalf. So we see justification results in peace with God uh, for those who were formerly alienated or cut off, for those who were formerly enemies of God. How many of you, that just bothers you that you were once an enemy of God, once alienated, but yet you know it to be true? You know it to be true in every fiber of your being. Please understand that and don't forget that. Don't take that for granted that it was He who made peace with you on a cross 2,000 years ago because you could not be at peace with God any other way. And let's rejoice in what Jesus has done. So we move to the third thing here in Colossians that Paul outlines for us in our relationship to God through Christ. He says there in 22, he says, but now, again, but now, indicating a change from the former. When you read those things in Scripture, don't just pass by them. But now, that means something changed. But now, you were alienated, you were enemies, but now. Pay attention to that change that this brings. But now He has reconciled you. He has reconciled you through or by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in His sight without blemish and free from accusation. So we see that justification results in peace with God for those who were formerly alienated or cut off or separated from God, whichever word you choose to define that, it all means the same thing. And that justification resulted in peace with God for those who were formerly enemies of God because of your sin, because of the fact that your very nature violated the holy nature of God and you could not have a relationship with Him. And then we see for those who were formerly evil sinners. I know we don't like to talk about that, but he says, but now, something changed. But now indicates, again, that change. Something must change. I'm tired of so-called Christians acting as if change is optional. You can't claim the but now. There has to be a change. There's going to be a change. If you are truly justified by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and that alone, a change has occurred. First, positionally. We know when we, we were declared righteous, 
through faith in Jesus Christ, that means to be justified, we know immediately we had a positional change. And that positional change began a practical change. We were justified, and because we were justified, we are now being sanctified. Titus chapter 3, Paul says it like this in verse 3. He says, at one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. And I get a witness. Huh? He goes on, he says, we lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared. It didn't say when you went out looking for it, when it appeared. Thank you, God, for your grace that comes and finds me when I am your enemy, when I am alienated and cut off, when I am a wicked, evil sinner. Thank you that your saving kindness appeared to me. He says in verse 5, he appeared in verse 5, he says he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done. Because if we want to be honest, we didn't do any. But because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom He poured, poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. So that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. He goes on to say, this is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things, right? We don't stress this enough in the church, right? We have doctrines nowadays that say, don't talk about these things. Don't talk about what you once were. No, talk about what you once were. You were alienated from God. You were an enemy of God. You were an evil, rotten, wretched scoundrel. Talk about those things. Why? Because they glorify the grace of God that He showed us through Jesus Christ. He goes on and he says, stress these things. So that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. He says, keep stressing these things that positionally you have changed so that practically you will do what is good. You now have peace with God. You don't have the fearful expectation of judgment that once loomed over you. Anybody here thankful for that? Now you have peace with God, knowing this, that you are never going to stand before God and be judged for your sin because your sin has been taken care of through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ where He atoned for you as your substitution, imputing to you the righteousness of God. Therefore, God declares you righteous in His presence. For those of us who were formerly evil sinners, we now have peace with God. How can it be? We just read about it in Titus. Grace. Grace. God's grace. Right? Grace that can pardon and cleanse within, as the old song says. So we look at this and we go, wow, I don't want to forget what I formerly was because in that I see God's great grace. Every day that you wake up and you have peace with God, understand. You don't have peace with God because you got your act together. You don't have peace with God because you finally learned to live the letter of the law or to do the right thing. You have peace with God because by His grace He has justified you through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You who were formerly alienated, enemies, and evil sinners have been restored and have peace with God. A change you are positionally declared righteous and then he begins a work through the Holy Spirit 
of you practically working out and living that righteousness that lives within you because of the position that you've been granted by His grace. God brought this change. It was by His grace. It was not by your own effort. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 says, Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11 says this, and I'm thankful for verse 11. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Please understand, God brings this change. He changes your position. And he changes you practically. And He does this to bring Himself glory upon the earth that He would, watch this, take enemies who were alienated from Him, evil and wicked in all that they were, all that they thought, all that they said, and that He by His power would pick you up clean you off, wash you, and present you unto Himself for His own glory as righteous and justified before a holy God. The peace of God and peace with God living in you because He has justified you because of what Jesus Christ did to bring this change according to the grace and plan of God. Ephesians chapter 4 says this in verse 17. It says, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. Remember when you used to live in the futility of your thinking? What every evil desire you had, you lived out, you pursued, you tried to accomplish? He says they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their heart. Anybody here had to have a holy God soften your hardened heart when you were born again? All of you. He goes on in 19, he says, Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm just going to boldly say this. This describes some of you prior to being justified by faith in Jesus Christ. Okay be quite honest, it describes all of us. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Meaning this, you didn't come to know Christ in a way that says you can stay that way. Aren't you thankful that He won't let you be what you used to be? That He rescued you from that? Surely you heard of Him and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to the former way of life to put off your old self. I told you He's speaking in former terms here, but now he's saying this indicates a change. He says to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. This is sanctification. This is our practical righteousness that is being lived out because God brought a change in our lives. I'm going to be so bold as to say this. Many people are afraid to say it. If you claim to be justified by faith in Jesus Christ and your life has never changed, 
Watch this. You're not truly saved. Now, what does that mean? It means this, that immediately your life has been changed. You will know it immediately. You will be convicted of something the same day that you were born again. I promise you that you've never been convicted of before. Why? He started a process in you. And that process is to make you holy for His name's sake. So what's going to happen as you continually walk with Him, you're going to continually, I tell people all the time, that if you're not being convicted, you're A, Jesus, or B, you're in heaven and you just don't know it yet, you've already been glorified, right? Both of those are not true. As a born-again believer, are we undergoing constant change? I hope. People talk to me all the time about certain issues that I believe that a mature Christian is going to be convicted of, but they're not yet convicted of it. So I just tell them this, keep growing, you will be. Keep growing, you will be, because what's going to happen as you grow in Christ, you know what you're going to do? You're going to look more like Christ. Did you know this? That it is God's plan that you be conformed to the image of Christ. Even in this life, you're going to start to look more like Christ. The Holy Spirit lives in you to make sure that this work truly happens. So you're going to be changed because of justification positionally and then practically. Now, this could not happen were it not for the peace with God that justification brought. Because here's why this happens. Did you know this? When you're born again, watch. God comes to live inside of you. The indwelling Holy Spirit is no less God than the Father. He's no less God than the Son. Understand, when we understand the the triunity of God, that He is represented in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is no less God than Jesus. The Holy Spirit is no less God than the Father. And so understand, if you do, and hopefully you do, believe in a triune God. If you don't, you can stay after class, and before you leave, you will, or you'll just say that the Word of God doesn't matter. But the thing is, if you believe that there is a triune God, and that the Holy Spirit is as much God as Jesus the Son and as God the Father, you have God living in you, bringing this change. And the only way that He could bring this change if was that if He first justify you so that you would no longer be cut off from Him, so that you no longer would be an enemy of God, so that you no longer would be that evil, rotten sinner that you once were. He could not dwell in you. That's these people who say, well, you know, I got saved, but it was later on down the road that I got the Holy Spirit. No, it wasn't. Absolutely, positively not biblical. In fact, you can't be saved and you are not saved if the Holy Spirit does not indwell you. And so as we look at this, please understand it is because of the peace that we have with God through justification by faith alone in Jesus Christ. It is because of that peace that God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of us. Stop discounting the Holy Spirit as if he's a little less God than the other persons of the Godhead. He is God living in you. And He could not do that if you still had enmity between you and God. That alienation, the fact that you were an enemy, the fact that you were an evil sinner, 
watch this, we're going to use this word again, has been changed. Again, I love that. But now. But now what? What does he say? But now. He tells us this. He has reconciled you. He has reconciled you. You didn't come to God and say, I want to reconcile this relationship, God, because I've really been blowing it. He came to you and he says, I'm offering you reconciliation based on nothing that you did or nothing that you could ever do. I'm offering you reconciliation based on the fact that Christ died on a cross and his blood was shed to reconcile sinful men for God. That's why I'm coming to you. Once he says you were alienated from God and were enemies in your own minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death. Why? Watch. To present you holy in his sight. Wait a second. So you mean to tell me that Kirk Hall, who was alienated from God because of his wickedness and his sin, Kirk Hall, who was a willful enemy of God, who was controlled by his evil mind and his evil behavior, you mean to tell me that that same Kirk Hall now has peace with God and God has reconciled me through Christ and He sees me as holy in His sight? Watch this. As holy as He sees the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let that blow you away for a second. Let that wreck your theology, please. That you're not acceptable to God because you formerly were a sinner? Aren't you glad that we all were formerly sinners who have been reconciled to God and we are now holy in His sight? Not because of anything that we did. Not just holy, look what He says, without blemish and free from accusation. He's showing us this, that justification results in peace with God for those who have been reconciled. For those who have been reconciled. Whose reconciliation is it? It's His. When you couldn't come to Him because you were alienated, because you were an enemy, because you were an evil sinner in your mind and in your actions, He came and He reconciled you unto Himself for His glory. He reconciled you unto Himself for His glory. That would be like me going up to the guy who hates me the most and saying, hey man, I know you hate my living guts and you want me to die. Can I buy you a house and a new truck? Maybe a bass boat to go along with that? And in fact, why don't you just move into my house, take my truck, take my boat, take your family fishing. I know you hate my guts. I know you don't like anything about me. I know that we've been in opposition our whole lives. But I want to do something. And then you know what I want to do? I want to pay you a salary to just be my friend. God reconciled those who were like me, alienated, enemies, sinners. And He reconciles us by His own doing, by His own choice, by His grace and His grace alone. It's His reconciliation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 speaks of this in verse 16. He says, so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do not do so any longer. Verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
the old has gone, the new has come. He goes on to say this, all this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. He is, he is prompting them and urging them to present the gospel, that ministry of reconciliation to others. The fact that a God who loved us so much, sent His Son to this earth to free us from the sin that enslaved us and that we were captive by. And He did this all because of His plan of grace and mercy and reconciliation. He desired that we be reconciled with Him when we didn't desire to please Him at all. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, though God were making His appeal through us. And we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us. What? Something had to be, do, had to be done with sin, didn't it? Because the Holy God can't overlook sin. Sin was punished. Sin was judged. Sin was judged on the cross through Jesus Christ. He made Him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Him we might become, we've talked about this over and over again in Romans, the righteousness of of God. How do we become the righteousness of God? By faith in Jesus Christ and what He did at the cross when He took on sin, the sin of sinful men that did not belong to Him. When He reconciled those who were alienated and cut off from God, those who were enemies of God, those who were wicked and evil in all of their ways, bringing reconciliation for the people of God those who are here today who said, I know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. He did this work. It is His reconciliation through His redemptive work that brings us to a position of peace with God as Romans is talking about tonight. The first result of justification. Peace with God. His redemptive work brought us this. Titus tells us this. Paul in Titus, speaking to Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Is for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for Himself a people that are His very own, watch this, eager to do what is good. These then are the things you should teach. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. And he goes on to tell Titus, do not let anyone despise you. Don't let people despise you when you continually point to Jesus Christ as the only hope of redemption, as you continually point to Jesus Christ as the only hope of justification. And the only hope of the results of justification, the first one that we've looked at tonight, being peace with God. So we see that we have peace with God due to the reconciliation that He made possible through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So, we see here that justification produces for us peace with God. And before you jump to the statement that doesn't seem very fair, it's not fair at all. 
not fair at all. And I have people say that all the time when they say it doesn't seem fair that God is going to judge some people in hell. That doesn't seem fair. Let me tell you what doesn't seem fair. What doesn't seem fair is that he who had no sin took on our sin and he died a brutal death that belonged to us for the mere reason that God had a plan to reconcile his relationship to mankind that sin had broken. And Jesus was obedient. He was obedient to death on a cross so that we could be reconciled with God. And in being reconciled with God, we have been declared righteous. That is justification. We have been justified, and justification results in peace with God. Let me tell you this. If you have come to faith in Jesus Christ, and your faith is in Him and Him alone to save you, not on your works or not on any of your own efforts or on obeying the law or anything else that you are incapable of doing, you can rest in the peace that you have with your Creator. Isn't it good to know that? Isn't it good to know that I can rest in the peace that I have with God, not based on me? Because I was alienated. I was an enemy. I was an evil, no good, rotten, filthy sinner. I proved it every opportunity that I had. I deserved death. I deserved judgment. But God, because of His grace, extended to me reconciliation, and He made peace for me when I could not have peace with Him any other way. He made peace with me through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on a cross 2,000 years ago outside of the people. Let me say this to you, men. Don't ever get over that. Don't ever forget what you have been rescued from. You were rescued from animosity and enmity and hostility toward your Creator. And He, by His grace, stepped in and said, enough is enough. I will no longer let you be my enemy. Watch this. I'm going to cover all of your sin and I'm going to make you my son. And I'm going to come and I'm going to live inside of you as a promise, as a guarantee that one day redemption will be fulfilled and you will dwell with me in your glorified presence forever. A guy like me who was once an enemy. I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not afraid to say that I was a hater of God and a lover of me. But in spite of that, He came to me and He rescued me. That's how big His grace is. And because of that, I have peace with a holy God that I never would have found unless He came and found me. And I'm thankful that He did. And you guys thankful for that tonight? Let me say this, if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're missing out on that peace. And I would invite you, come talk to me, come talk to one of our staff members. Just be honest. Hey, I'm not sure that I'm truly saved. What does it really mean to be saved? What does it mean to truly be justified and to surrender to Jesus Christ by faith? I promise you we'll take all the time that we need to explain to you the Gospel according to Scripture that tonight, this very night, could be the day that your position with God changes, that you are moved from enemy to son, that you are justified and declared as righteous for a holy God, and you have peace with God, not only in this life, 
but for all eternity. Did you know this? We who are born again never have to fear the judgment of God. We never have to fear the judgment of God because we have been made sons of God through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We have been brought near. And unless the blood of Jesus Christ loses its power, we will stay near for all eternity. And I'm here to tell you this. The blood of Jesus Christ is never, ever, ever going to lose its power. Let's pray. Lord, we love You. We thank You so much for loving us. God, I thank You for Your Word. God, I pray that it would tonight just root in the hearts and in the minds of these men. Lord, maybe there's someone here who's still trying to earn Your favor. Lord, show them that You can't earn Your favor. That You're holy and we're everything opposite of that. And unless You come to us, unless You offer Your salvation and Your grace and Your mercy, unless You reconcile us unto Yourself through the precious sacrifice of Jesus, we'll never be reconciled. We'll never have peace with God. Lord, we thank You tonight for looking at just the first result of justification, faith in Jesus Christ alone. God, we thank You for the peace that we have with You. Peace that we do not deserve from You. Peace that we could not ever earn. Lord, because of that peace, we can stand, we can bow in awe, say what a gracious, glorious God that we have. It would take someone like me, alienated from Him, lost and undone, an enemy. He would remove all of my sin and cleanse me and make me acceptable, holy in His sight, without fault or without blemish. Lord, I thank You that that's how I stand according to Your Word in Your presence now, only because of what Jesus Christ did for me at the cross. We give You all the glory and all the praise for it. We thank You again for this time together. Thank You for each and every one of these men. Let them be warriors for you. Let them be men who stand on and who proclaim your word and your truth and your gospel. We pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.